Hey everybody, Jim Minnery here with I'm Glad You Said That. Today is Wednesday, July 13th, right smack dab in the middle of the summer. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I didn't get my uh, voice changed. Um, I just happen to have a cold, so you're going to have to deal with that a little bit. Um, although the show's pre-recorded, so you're going to hear my normal vo- voice when I have the actual interview. I'm very pleased today to have... Uh, Keith Heim on the show regarding the um, Convention of States. And if you haven't heard of that, you should. I think there's over 40,000 Alaskans, literally, who have signed on to the Convention of States. It's essentially uh, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution gives uh, Americans the right to call a convention and they are pushing pretty hard. They have since about 2013, I believe. Um, and essentially what they're trying to do is, uh, rest- well, it's restricted. The, the Convention of States call is restricted to proposing amendments that will impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit its power and jurisdiction, and also impose term limits on its officials. Uh and members of Congress, not just members of Congress, but also Congress, but also uh, staff. Um, it's phenomenal, really, to think about. And there's there's a massive um, upswell that's taking place in terms of endorsements. Um, you know, you can just go on and on. I'll list a few of them. First of all, you can go to conventionofstates.com. Like I said, there's 40,000 uh, 40, Alaskans who signed it, and and we were able to get a resolution passed. So it's not legislation. It's basically just a resolution from each um, each legislature across the country. And I think they need 38, I want to say, 34 or 38. Um, Keith will uh, clarify that when he gets on. But uh, right now I think they have 19, and Alaska was the second. Uh, it was in 2014, I believe, when Alaska uh, made the resolution. Uh, it was passed, actually, yeah, on, on April 19th, 2014. Uh, I would say below radar for the most part. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, that our organization wasn't really uh, in tune or, or uh, you know, linking that with the Constitutional Convention, which is what has made the connection with Keith and I, because Keith is a very strong advocate also of the uh, of the state constitutional convention. And one of the things that I love that he's told me since we've had conversations about the convention is that the, the big misconception that people have, um, both on the federal level of the convention of states as well as the state constitutional co- convention every 10 years in Alaska, is that people think that the delegates are able to amend the constitution, and that's not true. Um, the, the the delegates propose uh, amendments, and then in on the on the federal level, I believe that there's ha- there has to be 38 states that ratify this revision to the Constitution. And in Alaska, of course, you have to get the majority of the people to uh, to vote on these proposed amendments. So whenever you hear anything about the fear mongering that basically is defining the other side. 
in terms of their opposition. In fact, they even call it the Defend Our Constitution. That's the group that is with, you know, Kathy Giesel and Scott Kendall and Bruce Botello and, uh, and uh, Bill Walker. Um, unfortunately, John Coghill, uh, a good friend um, who I believe is misguided. In fact, one of the interesting things about John Coghill, uh, and this isn't anything new or or revealing because he talked to, he's talked about it publicly, is he said that everything that we want to have the Constitutional Convention for, which is uh, um, school choice, opening up school choice, uh, making the judicial selection process a little bit more reflective of the people or representative of the people, uh, similar to the federal system, and then also the uh, uh, the sanctity of life issue, protecting protecting life, so that the the state supreme court can't manufacture uh, a right to abortion as they've done in the privacy clause, which is what the uh, um, the U.S. Supreme Court did for decades until they were shot down by the Dobbs case uh, and and shown for the um, for the weak legal argument that that always was, um, and so. John Coggill has said that I will uh, oppose the amendment because he's afraid of the, the, the a runaway convention is what a lot of people term it, especially on a federal level. Anyway, John has said that he would um, join sides with us if, if we get the delegation or if we get the convention called. He'd actually put his name in as a delegate and fight as hard as he can for all the stuff that we are advocating, which is amazing. Um, you don't, it's an interesting kind of argument because um, I don't think or I know that the Democrat Party uh, is very much um, uh, not going to put in as delegates and fight for what we want to fight. They obviously want to keep the Constitution the way it is. In fact, uh, because it serves their purposes very well in terms of uh, how the court is interpreting all this stuff. And the only way that we can uh, change that is through changing the Constitution, and then that, that changes how the court is appointed and how uh, potentially people have access to more um, options regarding their education of their kids. And then we put in Shelley Hughes's amendment, which is... Uh, you know, this constitution is silent on the issue of abortion or the funding thereof. A lot of other states have done that amendment, by the way. And so it's possible. We just have to, we have to get to this constitutional convention uh, vote in November 8th. We've been primarily the ones, Alaska Family Action, who has uh, pushed for this, advocated for this. I've been in the press a little bit, taking interviews and that kind of thing. Um, but I don't want to necessarily be the face because it's not just about us. I mean, there's a whole uh, group of coalitions and individuals for reasons other than what we are advocating for. Uh, obviously, the PFD is a big issue. That's not our issue. But uh, so we're, we're working with other groups right now to see if we can uh, start another broad uh, effort that would not be led by Alaska Family Action. Just pray about it. Uh, we need um, we need this. This is a moment. Um, I've said it before, but um, it's not fortuitous that we now have a, a chance to protect innocent life in, in Alaska after the Dobbs decision. It is providential. And, uh, and we need to take advantage of that. Um, so anyway, um, and you can also, one of the, it's a, uh, I hadn't done it before until just recently, but go to Ballotpedia. Um, and, you know, they're, they're obviously biased on many levels, just like Wikipedia is. But uh, it's very well written, and it's, uh, it's clear, provides a lot of clarity um, regarding the Alaska Constitutional Convention question in 2022. So just go to Ballotpedia and type in Alaska Constitutional Convention, and uh, you'll read a lot more about 
you know who the who the arguments for and against are. I mean, we're the only ones listed as a uh, four other than Tuckerman Babcock, uh, and um, anyway, uh, gives you a pretty clear idea of um, what other states have done and how states are similar to ours. You know, in addition to Alaska. Iowa, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Hawaii also have uh, a, the convention question every 10 years. Um, and in some places, it's every 20 years. Uh, Connecticut, Illinois, Maryland, Missouri, Montana, anyway, on and on. Um, but there's, uh, there's good information there and uh, also specifically on the Alaska Constitutional Convention. But we are going to be talking with Keith Heim with the Convention of States here after this first break about the federal Constitution of States, why it matters, why it's not uh, as scary as the left likes to paint it, and how that is tied into very closely with our efforts in wanting to have a, a state constitutional convention up here in Alaska. So I hope you can stick around. Thanks for putting up with my raspiness. Um, I'm Jim Minnery with Alaska Family Council. Go to akfamily.org if you haven't signed up already. And we'll be right back here on I'm Glad You Said That right after this first break. Jim Minnery here, which I'm glad you said that. Uh, really pleased to have Keith Heim on the uh, on the show today. Keith uh, is the state director of the Convention of States, and as I've been kind of diving into this a little bit, I've, I've been kind of uh, you know peripherally paying attention to the Convention of States. But as our organization has taken a little bit of a lead on the state constitutional convention that we'll be voting on in November. I have seen some remarkable similarities and some synergy. Uh, Keith, say, uh, thanks so much for being on the show today. You're most welcome. Yeah, so uh, before we dive in here, I always like to start off with uh, who the guests are for all those folks who may not know Keith Heim and uh, how long you've been in Alaska, what have you been doing, and what brought you to a place where you want to be involved in this convention of states? I mean, what's your background? Well, my background is I am a veteran. I served nine years in the military. After I got out of the military, I moved to Alaska because I had family here. Um, I raised my family here and have a son and two granddaughters here. And I've been living here for not quite, but very close to 40 years now. And um, you couldn't boot my butt out of the state. (laughs) That's awesome. Did you serve uh, overseas or were you deployed at any point? I, I served during the Cold War, so most of my service was during the Cold War over in Germany. Wow, you know, it seems as though we're in uh, another kind of war, except it's a war of ideas. I mean, some have called it soft totalitarianism in terms of the woke culture and how everyone's wanting to shut down, uh, you know, free speech and, and uh, the right to exercise your religion and everything else. I mean, uh, I've had a lot of conversations with uh folks who have either been to or are from Eastern Europe, and they're like, they can't believe that we're getting back into a place, that we're trying to get to a place that they escaped from. Uh, it's insanity. Um, and so, yeah, we're really we're really grateful, like I said, for you to be on the show today. What is the Convention of States, and, and why are you involved? Well, I mean, and I, a 
few years back, I got really upset with everything that was been going on with our, our country and the way it was moving. And um, Convention of States basically found me. And when I got uh, to looking into the Convention of States, uh, they also have a university with uh, just a plethora of uh, YouTube videos that anybody can go to and watch, and that would be the cosuniversity.com. But if you're going to sign the petition for the Convention of States, use that same logon and password that you sign the petition for the Convention of States. What is the Convention of States? It is a movement. It's a grassroots movement to use our Constitution. Article 5 of our Constitution gave we the people, as well as Congress, ways to make changes to the Constitution. But our founding fathers said, if you're going to do this, we're not going to make it easy. So we have to get 34 states to agree to the same verbiage and the same written piece of paper and language in 34 states to call the convention, okay? Now, the most important thing is there's all those people who oppose it, but what they don't understand is the convention of states, like the Alaska Constitutional Convention, specifically states that the delegates that come from the states to a nationwide convention, as well as the delegates within the state of Alaska, can only make proposes for changes. When we right. go, to a con uh, go to a constitutional convention in Alaska, the delegates have to be elected from around the state, and those delegates will be set straight by the voters. So they're going to be told, this is what we want, and I'm sure the voters will be standing next to them, if not behind them and right next to them, about this is what we want and the changes that we want. Then they have to be brought on a ballot to the voters if it passes at the Alaska Constitutional Convention. Nobody who goes to the Alaska Constitutional Convention can make changes to the uh, Constitution. They can only, the delegates, once again, can only propose changes that the people have asked for. It must go back to the voters to change the Constitution. So any delegate that goes to the Alaska Constitutional Convention must adhere to what the, um, the people are wanting them to bring up. So the fear tactic is no, the sorry, fear tactic is is always that, oh my gosh, they're going to destroy the Constitution for the state of Alaska. They're going to dismantle it. They're going to take it apart. They're going to do this and all the bad things that they can possibly say. They're going to say, but they don't tell the people that these are proposed changes that are brought by delegates that must come back to the people of Alaska to vote on. The people yeah, have the last word. Yeah, I, I love that because th there's so much misinformation, both on a, a federal level um, and also on a um, on a state level. So we'll get into the state convention, uh, constitutional convention call here in a bit. But I wanted to just flesh out the whole concept. It's so impressive to see on the conventionofstates.com site the folks that are supporting. I mean, you have Charlie Kirk and you have – um, of course, uh, 
um, you know, Alan West, and you have uh, Ben Shapiro. Mark, Le- Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, Ron DeSantis, Mark Meadows, Dave Rubin, Sean Hannity, Rick Santorum, um, Gre- Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, Senator Rand Paul, um, even Sarah Palin votes for it, uh, has, uh, agrees with it. Mark Rubio, Senator, uh, or Governor, uh, Mike Huckabee, Pete Hegseth, who, uh, is, is going around. He just became part of our, um, the executive board for, uh, con- convention of states and is going around to all the states that haven't passed it yet, um, because he was a, uh, senator and he basically is saying, our country can't survive without this, as well as Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson, um, Governor Bobby Jindal, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, uh, yeah, Charlie yeah. Kirk, like you said. Well, one, of the questions, um, one of the questions that I have, and I don't know if it's there's a, it's a great answer to it, but uh, there's certainly I, I can I can uh, conjecture, not just conjecture, because I've seen what the Alaska Democrat Party and the NEA and, and those who are opposing the convention here in Alaska have to say, but um, what would be your statement uh, or your response to those who look at this list on the left or even in the middle, in the center, that would say, well, these are all conservatives. These are all right-wing uh, radicals that are in the culture and the, in, in politics and in the country that are supporting the Convention of States. I mean, of course, Dave Rubin is an openly gay He's a conservative guy, but he's at least socially he's not uh, conservative. But what would you say? Because um, that's that's uh, they haven't started that part yet because uh, we haven't got deep into a campaign and, and them responding to our messages yet. But what's your view on that? Why why are we not seeing any liberals or center folks on this endorsement list for the convention of states? Is it because uh, the the liberal uh, establishment just like they have ownership of so many other things, um, you know, the media and academics and corporate culture and everything else uh, own it. And they and, and they like the way the Constitution currently serves their cause. But what, what would you say to that? It's all about power. It's all about money. And our political system is definitely broken. And it needs to be fixed more than just an election to fix it because we need to restore the structure of the founding fathers. And um, that's why most of these people are calling for a convention. We do have many people that are on both sides of the um, aisle, both Democrats and Republicans nationwide, that do support this. But it's the one, to me, it's all about money and power. And those that have the most power are going to oppose it the hardest. And well, I mean, those that have. You have the Bushes, or at least Jeb Bush, and you have, um, you know, uh, very well-known, uh, you know, political conservative uh, influencers, Morton Blackwell, um, and others that are supporting it. I don't see any liberals necessarily, or people who not who are not identified as conservatives on the convention of state site. But it's interesting because the difference between what you're doing on a, on a federal level and here in Alaska, at least, I don't know if there's prominent that there are prominent conservatives out there who are opposing, uh, you know, the the convention of states, either former or current, uh, you know, political figures. 
But in Alaska, at least, we have folks like John Coghill, who's an ally, who's a personal friend, who opposes it based on this fear of a runaway convention. And there's so much of the language and um, you know dynamics of the federal system or the federal convention of states call and what we're trying to do in Alaska, except for that. I don't see any I – mean, are you seeing a lot of pushback from conservatives or any pushback from conservatives who don't want a federal convention of states? None. We have seen none of that as of yet. Um, basically, everybody is saying we have to return the power to the people. And that is what our founding fathers wanted, return the power to the people. And the federal government has overtaken so much of the state's rights. And that's one thing that if you look at our original Constitution, many people see that little white book that everybody calls the pocket constitution, that pocket constitution is the actual constitution that was written by our founding fathers. It's 4,500 words approximately. That's not the constitution that our government is working off of. The one they're working off of has got so many edits uh, uh, to it that it is now you can call the Library of Congress and order one. It'll cost you about 125 to plus bucks plus shipping. and um, real fast, Keith, I'm sorry, we have to take a quick break. We're, we're with Keith Heim with Convention of States. We'll be right back here. I'm glad you said that, folks. When peace like a river, a hey, guys, I'm with Keith Heim, who is the – is that right? You're a state director uh, of the Convention of States. Um, and as a volunteer, um, so the question then, I mean, there's, there's two main things I guess we should have got out right from the beginning is what are the primary things? That's the, one of the differences between the convention of states federally and what we have going on in Alaska is that in Alaska, the entire constitution is opened up. It's not just, uh, specified for one or two specific issues or articles of the, the um, constitution. The whole thing is open. And, you know, that can be problematic or it could also be a solution, depending on how you look at it. But you guys have said very clearly, and I don't know how, how the conventions of, of states typically have worked, but in this particular campaign that you're in right now, it says very specifically, uh, you're calling a convention under Article 5 of the United States Constitution um, restricted to proposing amendments that will, one, impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, two, limit its power and jurisdiction, and three, impose term limits on its officials and members of Congress. That's it, right? Not just members of Congress, uh, all those that have been elected, and the pollsters and um, uh, those that work there, too, because you can take the head off the snake and it'll grow back, so you have to get rid of the whole staff. So that is yeah. um, part of the um, the change that they're they're going to be making. And those uh, to prevent a runaway convention, those are the only three subjects, once the convention is called, those are the only three subjects that can be brought to the floor. So if somebody from the state of New Mexico or California or Arizona stands up and they're called upon and they say, I want to talk about Taco Tuesday, no, I'm sorry. Stick to the three um, subjects that are on the floor. Yes. If you can't discuss what's on the floor, those three subjects, then you either um, get on track or we're going to ask another delegate from the state to step up and stay on subject. 
and the state can send as many delegates as they want to the convention of states as they wish. But here's the wonderful thing about it, and here's what the thing I like about it most. One state, one vote. Regardless of the amount of people in that state, one state, one vote. And so, you know, it's uh, to me that's the most fantastic thing because it's fair. And, yeah, and that's um, why they want to get rid of the uh, electoral college is uh, the the Democrats and the progressives and the left want to eliminate uh, most of America's foundations. And part of that is the beauty of our electoral system, where we have a balance of power between a house that is um, representative of the entire state based on their population and a Senate that has. Um, you know, that's the most powerful group of people on the planet, according to uh, a lot of folks. But um, so one of the things that I wanted to make sure our, our listeners heard was it sounds like you need to have how many total states? Thirty eight before this actually um, happens. To call the convention, we must have thirty four states. You go to the convention of states. Convention of States webpage at conventionofstates.com, all one word, and that's where you can sign the petition. Please do, and it will show you a map of all the states that have passed it so far. We're at 19. Yes, it's a long process, but we're going to get there. Once, once we get to the convention and the votes are made on the topics that are brought up, it, again, the only two people, the only two parties that can make changes to the Constitution are um, the people, which is explained in Article 5 of the Constitution, and Congress. Well, I don't know about you, but Congress hasn't been doing a pretty good job for the last 40 years or 50 years. I mean, they've been, they've been, they've been managing and editing and you know, traumatizing our Constitution. Um, going to patriotacademy.com, you can get your biblical citizenship there. You can also get your constitutional citizenship there for free, and that's patriotacademy.com. So um, not only go into the conventionofstates.com, but uh, Patriot Academy, you can go there and learn so much about um, Convention of States and the Patriot Papers that um, that were um, drawn up by our founding fathers. We have to get back to giving the state and the people. Each one of our states had to petition to become a state with Congress. And if, uh, when that when Alaska became a state, there were checks and balances. Okay, what is Alaska going to give the federal government? Okay, what's the federal government going to give Alaska? And it went back and forth until there was an agreement. Well, I think we gave up too much because the federal government wanted too much. They own more than 50% of the state of uh, Alaska. That's a little bit too much. They own more of the state than the state does. And we have got to get the power back to the people who live in this state. Well, and what I I could agree with you, one of the things that I wanted to ask you as well is that uh, you see these, uh, you know, 14 or 19 states that have passed. It It looks as though Alaska was the second to pass it has a nice green color over it when you uh, scroll over it, and that means we've passed it. We've passed um, on uh, April nineteenth, two thousand fourteen, a resolution. Right. 
So it's not necessarily legislation. It's a resolution, which is different than, than legislation. And that's the way it is in every state. It's a resolution as opposed to legislation. And what's the difference? Well, the resolution basically says that that state resolves itself to going to a convention to discuss the three topics, federal government overreach, you know, um, a balanced budget, and term limits. Each state must pass that same verbiage in each House and Senate in every single state. Now, the only one that didn't have a House and a Senate is the state of Nebraska, which they got a unicameral, so it passes in one one uh, pass altogether, and they passed it. And we've got it right now in, um, I think it's in Ohio, Virginia, North Carolina, and South Dakota. Um, it's going through the House and Senate where they, they believe that it's going to be passing hopefully this year. Some um, state senates meet every year. Some don't meet, but every other year. So it's a hit and miss with some of the states. Well, I see on here, too, you have states like uh, Idaho and Montana and Iowa, South Dakota, North Carolina that are still yellow, meaning uh, they've only passed in one chamber. But I can't imagine that those aren't ultimately going to get through. And so it does seem it does seem reasonable to think that 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 will that at some point you will get to that um, to, to the to the threshold. So in Alaska and other states that have already passed the resolution, what you're trying to do in getting more signatures is to just solidify that uh, momentum and build on it. You've already done, we've already crossed the finish line in Alaska and these other states. Is there, um, is there uh, a, a, a way for, is there a term, not term limit, but is there a way for these states that have already passed it? Like we've been, you know, but we passed it in 2014. Um, does that expire at any point, or how does that work in terms of you know states that let's say we go another ten years? Does it continue to apply uh, based on the one time that they passed it? Yes, unless like in Nebraska, they put a five-year limit on it. So um, the citizens of Alaska, even I mean Nebraska, even though it passed, um, they passed it with. Um, an expiration date of five years if we haven't gone to convention. So the people there in the grassroots are still building in Nebraska to make sure that they can get that um, that removed. It was also in the state of Texas, they got it removed, and the state of Oklahoma, which they managed to get it removed too. So it stays intact until the convention is called. But some states um, want to put that, that um, clause in there that it will end and um, we fight real hard to make sure that it doesn't go in there, but that's the legislators for those states. And if it is put in there, we fight real hard to get it taken out the following year. Well, it's weird how a lot of these states, there's migration, you know, the Californication of, of South Dakota and Idaho and, and other places, Texas. Um, where, you know, it's becoming more progressive. Shoot, Alaska's becoming more progressive. We hope that, that's, that we can slow that down. But I, I assume that another way to, to stop that would be for the state to pass another resolution rescinding it or something. Um, and I, is there any effort in any of those states to do that? Well, 
There is, yes. I can tell you that Convention of States is in every voting district in the United States. Okay, yeah. there is somebody who is with uh, Convention of States in every single one of the states. And um, even though, like, there's nothing that's been brought up in California, Nevada, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, Montana, uh, Rhode Island, or Connecticut, there is still active grassroots going in every single one of those states trying to get it passed through the House and the Senate. And this is a grassroots movement that is not going to end. You know, I love regardless it. Well, of you know, we're going to take our our next break. I'm speaking with Keith Hymie. He's with the Convention of States, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more in this final segment about how it relates so closely to the uh, state constitutional convention call. Uh, so stick around. We'll be right back, folks. When peace like a Welcome back. Jim Minnery here on I'm Glad You Said That. If you haven't gone to akfamily.org, sign up for our uh, our e-newsletters and action alerts, values voter guides, uh, and we'd love to have you as part of our ministry. Um, again, that's akfamily.org. I'm speaking with Keith Heim at the Convention of uh, States, and I think that we kind of have a, a – we've covered um, a good amount, but at the same time, I think people now have – a, a good idea of how to uh, or why it's being called, how it works. Um, if you don't, then go to conventionofstates.com. Uh, and if you haven't added your signature, please do that, uh, conventionofstates.com. One of the reasons why I reached out to you, Keith, was not only to talk to you about the, the federal um, convention of states, but also the state constitutional convention call here in Alaska. And we're unique in that uh, – I think there's 44 states now that have a process of deciding on a constitutional convention. Um, in Alaska, I think it's Alaska, Iowa, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Hawaii, the convention question comes up every 10 years. It's different in other states. But our, our year's up. I mean, this is, this is the, the, the decade is upon us again, and I believe it's fortuitous, if not providential, after the Roe v. Wade decision in regards to bringing the people back to the ability to set uh, reasonable safeguards regarding the issue of abortion in their state. And, and there's so many states that I celebrate with that are doing that now. Alaska's not one of them because we have such a runaway court that has usurped its power on so many levels. Um, we're a part of that conversation, but there's a lot of other people from different arenas, whether it's the um, the PFD or uh, you know how uh, completely um, you know uh, dysfunctional the legislature has been regarding budget issues, um, it goes on and on about the reasons why we want to have and and have the ability to have a constitutional convention, limit on state spending, and a sustainable state budget, even voter approval for new taxes. There's so many things that we could uh, benefit by having a convention, and like you said. The fear is really – the fear-mongering that's going on is really misguided because the people ultimately have the say. And what I always tell people is that if we were to have the ability – and I pray and hope and will work as hard as I can to get there – the ability on November 8th of this year to get 50 percent plus one and call the convention, um, I believe those people who step forward to do that also would step forward to oppose – 
a, a, a proposed the proposed new constitution with the amendments that people are so afraid of right now. And I'm always trying to call them out to say, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you think would happen? Well, resource development could be shut down in the state if you get the likes of George Soros coming in and and, and uh, you know getting all these people elected. Um, they could uh, you know eliminate all sorts of rights. Well, they can't make it worse for the unborn. I believe that with all my heart. It can't get any worse than it is right now. That's one thing. But the other thing is – That's true. I don't think that they have uh, the ability, the Soros's, to go into every single district. And a lot of people are going to step forward as delegates that may not otherwise in terms of applying to be – a state legislator because it's two years or four years down in the Juno swamp, but they see, oh, I have 60 to 90 days, possibly in Fairbanks. Um, it's something that I think would attract a lot of people to, to a historic opportunity to fix some of these things that our, our founding fathers so rightly said we have the right every 10 years to do. But I, I just saw that there's some natural synergy, and you know we're going to be reaching out to as many different groups as possible. I I asked you when we first talked um, to estimate, you know, do you think that the majority of people who have signed the Convention of States would also be supporters of a state constitutional convention? What's your view on that? I really do, because it's it's a great way for us to learn about self-governing. It's not, I mean, civics is not being taught in our high schools. And if we open up the Alaska Constitution, again, the, pro, the appropriate words are for proposed changes. Right. Nobody who's going to be at that convention can make the changes. Only the people can. That's right. So it's got to come back for, to the people. And you can't be, uh, fear cannot ride ride on this. You can't let this ride on fear. Because um, I can tell you what, when um, when we went to uh, the, oh, the, the war with the Brits, when we went to war with the British, only one-third of the American colonies and the people in each of those con- uh, colonies stood up to fight. One-third of the American people are what won against the largest army and the wealth, most well-funded army and the most well-prepared army on the planet. And one-third, yeah. one-third of the Americans at that time won. And last I look, we're still in the United States. You cannot yeah. let the fear, you cannot let fear override this. You've got to take action, Alaskans. You've got to understand these are proposed changes. The changes will come when it's put on a voter ballot for you to vote on. This is taking control of your state. If you don't want a constitution change, don't vote for it. If you want a constitution change, vote for it. It's the people's choice. Learn to self-govern yourselves. You've got to learn this if we're going to get our state back and get our country back on track. Amen. Yeah, I couldn't have said any better. I mean, the reality is that, you know, there's there's uh, stopgap measures, and we just have to continually educate the folks. And the more uh, pe- the more people I talk to, I mean, literally, even at the Trump rally that I spent some time up, I, I didn't go inside, but I talked with a lot of people outside, and 
you know, trying to talk about the convention uh, a little bit. And it's amazing to me how many people start off with, well, yeah, you know, I think that there's some good stuff that needs to happen and that could happen, but what about all the bad stuff? And, and after you have that dialogue with them that, you know, ultimately the people will decide and uh, the, if there's, if there's, if for some possible crazy reason, Soros and, and his his ilk will get the right, uh, the, the wrong people appointed as delegates, which I also challenge. I don't think that that's that's accurate um, at all. But especially after what we just saw with the U.S. congressional results in the primary election, I mean, it, we're still a red state, and I, I feel like. The right thing to do is have confidence in the people of Alaska, and like you said, this is an exercise for not just um, for all of us as adults to see uh, democracy and and uh, constitutional um, a constitutional republic in action for us to actually be able to have this happen and go through the process, even if we end up then us as advocates for the convention opposing the uh the proposed amendments well we're the better off i think um because we've we've been a part of the process of creating and being a part of the government which we are anyway we the people and so i i congratulate you for all that you're doing and look forward to working with you in the next couple months it's coming uh quicker than i would like because the the defender constitution side uh, is is out in force. I think they have a lot more ammo than we do, kind of like the Brits. Um, but we have to not be led by fear, just like David and Goliath. Uh, you know, there were a lot of folks in David's corner that were shaking in their shoes, and yet, uh, and you don't have to be a believer necessarily to have that uh, lack of fear because our our hope and trust is in someone greater and bigger. Who knows the final the story anyway? But um, as uh, as a resident, a citizen of Alaska, you should have more faith in the people rather than to say I don't trust them to come back together again. The one thing that um, our founding fathers taught each other and their families was God first, country second, family third. Because if you uh, if you're supporting your country with the belief of God, you're also supporting your family with the belief of God, whichever it is that you believe, whichever religion, okay? But your country was founded on a belief of God. So God, country, family. Amen. Yeah, and uh, folks, I can't encourage you enough to go to conventionofstates.com and uh, sign your name. Volunteer. Uh, volunteer. There's a button yeah. that says take action. Real quick, we have 50 seconds left. How many people have signed in Alaska so far? About 40,000. Wow. That's unbelievable. We need to engage those people. We need to uh, celebrate the fact that all over the country it's spreading like wildfire. And, uh, you know, it's easy to say, gosh darn it, look how – long it's taking it started in 2013 but you know what it's it's happening and to be a part of it and then to also be a part of a, another local 10th amendment style uh state battle is exciting and i can't thank you enough for being on the show today keith god bless you and all you do look forward to staying in touch and keep up the wonderful work you're doing 
God bless you all. Everybody, get out there. You've got to participate in this state and in this country to save it. That's all I have to say, and thank you so much. God bless, folks. We'll see you next week here, and I'm glad you said that.